Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are very excited to be speaking with Jason Sircone. With nearly a decade of experience in the podcast world, Jason has built his brand around the consumptive power of storytelling and simplifying podcast guests. He helps leaders craft their authentic story and tell it with confidence as a podcast guest while simultaneously maximizing the value of each guest appearance and establishing thought leadership in their niche. You'll also find him hosting Evolution of Brand, a podcast featuring stories and strategies for building an authentic personal brand. Jason, welcome. We are really excited to have you here. Thank you very much, Mike. I'm very excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And I stumbled through the bio as I do most because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I think you did quite well. That was a good read. We'll we'll take it. We'll take (laughs) it. Uh, So podcast guesting. What do you feel that one thing that kind of jumps out there is simplifying it with the power of story. So let's start with the simple part. What are people overcomplicating when they uh, appear on a show as a guest? Well, there's a number of things, and I think it starts at the very beginning, the the pitch, the presentation that often gets overcomplicated to a point where they may cost themselves opportunities just because they're not utilizing the right type of outreach. They're spraying and praying. They're not doing research beforehand to make sure they're a good fit. I used to host a podcast that didn't have guests. It was just a complete solo show, and I'd have people reaching out for guest opportunities. Like, no, if you listen, you know it's not that type of podcast. So understanding what the podcast is all about, how it's structured and how you can bring value to it is incredibly important on the front end. But now let's say they get to that point where they have landed that guest appearance and they're bringing their story, they're bringing their personality to the microphone. That's really what it's all about is is telling your story in a way that it will resonate with the audience and bring them value and show them that you can bring transformation to their world. So many people will tune to podcasts or turn to podcasts to get information, education, maybe just to escape from their world for a little bit. But if they find value in the content that they sink their teeth into, not only are they going to stay tuned into that podcast, more than likely they're going to follow the person that brought them value into their world. And that's really what you're trying to accomplish as a podcast guest. And that's where I feel it gets overcomplicated because people will try to show up in sales mode. They're going to go on every podcast with a sales pitch. And if I don't close something today, it's not successful. And that could not be further from the truth because in a lot of cases, if you do go into sales mode, more than likely you're going to turn the listener off and they're not going to want to listen to to an infomercial or because the podcasts are themselves, they, they know what their audience is tuning in for. They may not even air that episode. So if you show up with value in mind, looking to serve, looking to make a strong connection and treating this as a valuable networking platform, you're going to get a lot further. But again, there's there's so many things that cloud the waters that my goal is to help people understand a clear, concise way to leverage the podcast platform so they can grow their brands and really achieve undeniable results. That's such a such a great answer for many reasons, and you know you've been both on the guest side and the uh, host side, so you you have experience mm-hmm. on, on on kind of seeing all sides of the pitch. Um, but what I really like as you talk about is the 
a format of a podcast. People are tuning in for education, for information, something a little different. And generally, they've got an idea of what they're going to hear, who who the personalities are, and where the conversation is likely to go. With so many options, you have very limited opportunity to kind of pique their interest. And you can do that best by storytelling and not necessarily selling a product, selling a service. If you are personable, if you're enjoyable, if you're providing that value, they're gonna they're gonna listen. They they are as you said follow along into better world. I really like that uh, the kind of visual. So it, it is an mm-hmm. opportunity to tell the listeners something they may not have heard, may not have heard in a specific way. Introduce them to you, your company, your brand, what you're doing, your initiative, as opposed to saying bye bye now. You know, kind of sell uh, sell what you've got. So that's that's a great starting point. The story part of that. What makes a good story, especially in podcast form? Well, being authentic is where storytelling really shines through. And oftentimes, a lot of people will want to shy away from that authentic story. Some of it may seem painful. Maybe there was a lot of failure in the past, but reliving that, it could suck a little bit. But there's also a lot to celebrate. Because more than likely, you've grown so much and learned so much from those past failures. And telling that story is something that will truly resonate because there's somebody out there that's going through the same thing. And they're looking for a solution. And they can relate to somebody who's gone through it and utilized certain steps and certain processes to get beyond the suck to a, to a place where they feel they're operating in a more successful in a in a more successful way I should say. So that story no matter where you are in your journey could be helpful to somebody. And if you're in a mindset that you can't help anybody because you've only reached a certain level. Let's say there's 10 levels and you're only at level 7. Well, I can't really impact anybody until I get to level 10, right? wrong because there's all these people behind you that are at levels one through six that are wanting to get to level seven. They would die to be at level seven where you're at and your guidance could help them get there. And then when they level up, you level up at the same time. So now you continue to take strides forward as well. So bringing that story to the surface in a very positive, compelling, engaging way is truly going to make an impact. And most people tune into podcasts to hear good stories to hear hear very good conversation between the hosts and the guests. And when that's in place, not only do they learn from the person that's speaking, but they also find a new podcast that they can work into their rotation. So this storytelling ability on both sides is creating compelling content, much like a television show or a great movie. If you get invested in that content, of course you're going to come back for more. And of course, you're going to tell others to listen as well. And that's really as a podcaster and as a guest too, what you want to happen with this medium, because the more people that listen, the more opportunities you create to grow your brand, to reach new people, to welcome those people into your world. So it's all about having a powerful story and telling it in a clear, concise fashion. So it relates to the listener. So they want to learn more and get more value from you. I like how you describe the different levels and then being able to bring somebody else, even if you're not at that peak, that 10, there is going to be an audience that is behind you, either in tenure or or uh, success, and you can bring them to where you are. There's always going to be somebody looking to get ahead, uh, no matter mm-hmm. what level you're at. 
and that also the failure part of that, that um, I think it's important that, uh, especially when telling these stories, that it's acknowledged. And sometimes I'll have stories that say, well, you know, I was doing this wrong, but now I'm definitely not doing it wrong. And I always kind of take a step back. It's like, well, are you going to be telling a different version of the story in six months where, as we were talking, it was still a mistake? So I, I think the failure part is really important. And to realize that sometimes it's always going to be hindsight or it's going to be, uh, you know, constantly tweaked or it's going to be continually improved where I might not be making that same mistake I was making. But what I'm doing today is not perfect. It's not the end. It's it's always going to be an evolution. Uh, So I think that's that's what kind of helps these stories. Speaking of, do you have a client story or a podcast guest uh, student that you had that uh, you could share a story with of how? working with you or speaking with you or kind of using a little bit what we talked about it has kind of helped them uh, get their message out more clearly into a larger audience. I think I'll go back to one of my first clients just in regards to, it it wasn't just on the guesting side, it was on the production side and and just watching that evolution over time of someone that wanted to have a podcast, but wasn't really sure how to do it. Understood how to speak to some degree, but didn't really have hosting experience, but wanted to sink their teeth into it. And, and that's what he did. And he really kept at it and just kept getting better and better and better. And that's really something that works on both the host side and the guest side. And it oftentimes will throw somebody off to a point where they, they don't even get started because they're so concerned. They're not going to have a skill set that people want to listen to. I've been podcasting for nearly a decade, and I can say with complete confidence that my very first podcast episode sucked. I was not good. And any podcaster, it doesn't matter who it is, it could be your favorite show, it could be you yourself. If you go back and listen to your very first episode, and then go and listen to your most recent episode, you're going to see a significant difference. Because the more you do this, the more you get better. So watching that unfold as someone got more confident in their voice. That's what lights me up. That's what gets me excited. I love seeing somebody make that breakthrough because as they practice, they get better. And that's what I watched my client do. And he kept building on that skill set over time and just continued to get better and better. And that's really what it's all about is whether you're looking to leverage this platform from purely a guest standpoint, which is entirely possible. You don't need to have your own podcast to leverage the podcast medium. Or you want to be a host or you do a hybrid where you're doing both. It's all about consistency and it's all about getting a little bit better at your craft each and every time you turn on a microphone. So watching him do that was incredibly impressive to see. And the commitment is really what it's all about. So I was very proud to see him come to life that way. Very nice. That's a, that's a good story. And you're absolutely right. That is, as you said that, I thought back to my first few episodes, it was just horrified thinking about having to listen to it so uh and it, it's one of those things that i'm going to listen to this episode two years down the road i'm like man i could have done this better and so it's uh, i love the way you think about it and kind of package it for uh for your clients mm-hmm. um, for someone who is guesting on a podcast what either quantifiable or what results should they be looking for to see if they quote unquote did a good job or what should they if they can accomplish two things what should they be looking to do For one, I think it's all about bringing value and being a resource for that podcaster. So it's not just about the speaking during the interview. Of course, that's going to be a major part of it, but it's how you embrace the entire experience of being a podcast guest. 
because this is a tremendous platform for connecting with somebody new and, and building a new relationship. And you never know where those types of things can go. So looking at podcasting and, and trying to get the most from each and every experience. And what I mean by that is, are you starting with connecting with this person, maybe on LinkedIn, for example, to start a relationship to where you can connect, not just on the podcast, but on another platform. It's, it's taking away that whole, like, think about someone that owns a pickup truck. If you're that person, you know what it's like to own a pickup truck and you'll hear from somebody that you haven't heard from in over a year. And they just, Hey, what's going on? And you look at the text and just go, um, great. If I respond to this, I know what's coming after that. And you say, Hey, what's up? Well, I'm looking to move a couch this weekend. Can we use your truck? You know, you always are on call when you have that truck, but you don't hear from somebody until they need you. It's taking that away from the podcast environment to where you're only reaching out to somebody to get the interview conducted. And then when the show goes live. So if you can do that on the guest side and bring this element of relationship and friendship to the game, it can help bridge the gap and it can make some very exciting things happen. So that's the very first thing I would say could be a measure of success. And the second would be, if you do go back and listen to your interviews, you can discover how clearly you're telling your story and just continue to get better and more confident over time with it. And a lot of guests will make that mistake to where they, I don't want to hear my own voice. I hate the sound of my own voice. So they don't go listen to their interviews. And the first thing I tell anybody is you got to get that out of your head right now because you're the only one thinking it. Anybody that tunes into a podcast, they're tuning in for your message. They're not tuning in for your voice. And probably in the most extreme of scenarios, like maybe your voice sounds like Fran Drescher or Bobcat Goldthwait, <laughs> that might be somebody that's like, wow, this person's voice crazy, right? No, they're not thinking on that level. They're thinking about the story and the value and how you can bring impact into their life. So you need to look at each interview that you do, each guest appearance you do, and evaluate it for what it what it brought to the world. Were you clear and concise? Did you leave a very clear call to action so listeners know how to follow up with you so that you can bring more value into their world? These are small elements that you can continue to improve upon. And also, as you listen to yourself, you may discover that you overuse certain filler words. And in doing that, you can say, okay, I start every sentence saying, um, or, uh, and I don't leave any silence. I just, uh, to the next sentence. And that's something you can work on. And that's something that I caught myself doing very early in the game. And I made the conscious effort to stop doing that. And that took time and practice, but because I was aware of it, I was able to make improvements. So Another element, big, big time in this space is listening to yourself. So you continue to make improvements that are going to change the game for you over time. I love that answer. And I wrote down so many things. I'm going to try to follow up on everything because <laughs> you hit on some really great stuff. I'll start at the end there. <clears throat> I had written down self-awareness when you talked about being at level seven, because part of it is some don't realize that they're at level seven and others don't realize they're at one to six. So that's the first piece of it. It's here, here I am, my journey. Here's where I can learn from this. Here's where I'm going. Here's who I can help. So just being being self-aware. And the same with that um, with, with that piece of, okay, it's my voice. I don't want to listen to it, but I have to. That's how I'm going to get better. Time, practice. I need to get started. I'm going to get started. I'm going to be not fantastic, but I'm going to work at it. I'm going to get better. Just being aware of what you're trying to accomplish and how you can do that. 
I think that's wonderful, wonderful advice on either side. And pretty much if you're getting podcasting, anything you want to do, you've got to get out there and you, know, you can practice, rehearse, you can get ready, but until you get those reps, there's nothing like it. So that's mm-hmm. really wonderful advice when it comes uh, to podcasting or anything you want to get done. And the first piece I absolutely love because I, I, as we talked a little bit before uh, we hit record, I get to talk to people of all kinds of backgrounds, all types of interest level pitches, experiences, what they want to talk about in the show. And one of the things that I value most is not even necessarily networking, the kind of relationship that we are going to have for the the time that we are pre-show, on the show, after the show, how we can kind of work together, collaborate. And I wrote down my little uh, improv note. Yes. And I, I try to be as open-minded with my guests because I don't want it to talk to people that agree with me, have the same point of view. That's boring. That's so if someone's telling me a story or something that they do that either I'm not familiar with, I may not agree with, I, I go to that improv mindset. Yes. And tell me more, or I want to follow mm-hmm. up on it. And when I have a guest who's invested in an interview, you can tell as well, it's not I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you how smart I am and I'm going to tell you the eight things I wrote down and that's going to be it. It's we're having a real back and forth conversation. It might be one that, you know, I don't know what not, I've had, I had had people have, have backgrounds that I had no idea, written books, record songs that I would not have listened to or read otherwise. And that's been some of my best interviews because kind of get yourself out of that comfort zone and learn something new. So that, that's really good advice that it's, you know, if you're, you're going to be in someone else's game, know, play their game. And if you're going to invite someone in, do so open arm and, and and kind of play together. So I think that's really helpful, both, you know, for podcasting and, and in general, that it doesn't hurt to do any of those things. So love that right. advice wholeheartedly. Yeah, yes. I think, I mean, I, that advice, like a lot of things in podcasting, it transcends the act of podcasting. It goes into a lot of areas of your life, both personally and professionally. I think of speaking skills that you develop here on the microphone translates so well to presentations to maybe giving speeches or maybe speaking in front of large audiences also how you communicate with loved ones i know my podcasting abilities allow me to dig a little deeper with my daughter when i say how was school today and she goes good and i say okay tell me one thing you learned and you just continue to build on it so we get a conversation going again you're developing skills that can make you a more effective podcast guest or podcast host, but it doesn't need to stop there. So if you continue to build and dig deeper, you're going to get better at everything you do. I'm so glad you said that because I'll catch my oldest is six years old. I'll catch myself asking him similar questions and getting a one word answer. I'm like, that's a bad question. I can't, I can't phrase my question <laughs> in a way where he can just blow me out. Cause you know, if I ask you a poor question, you're a good enough guest where you will answer it thoroughly and kind of take me to the next subject. But if I ask him, um, so was everyone at school today? Yes. Okay. Well, that was a bad. Question. You know, it's like, all right, you ask a one word answer, I'm going to give it to you. So uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's good practice. And you know, that's your tough audience, but they, they help out. Absolutely. They do. <laughs> you, met, you mentioned uh, starting podcasting over a decade ago. How did you get involved in what were you doing either beforehand or what, what spurred you to start? It was actually about, as we sit and speak, it was a little over eight years ago. So I'm coming up on a decade and it was very funny. The story all began out of spite, believe it or not. So I was, I had radio experience in college and it wasn't anything major. The campus radio station had a little club where we were all DJs and I had a blast with it. I was in the communications program. So I got to be part of it. It was really fun. And I had thought about maybe pursuing it after school, but I didn't. And several years had passed and I was working in the craft beer industry. I had a full-time job. I had also launched a craft beer advocacy blog. 
at that time in the world, which was around 2013, when I launched it, it just, there was all these new breweries popping up and there was really this groundswell of like, wow, there's all this good beer out there, but so many people don't know anything about it. And I wanted to add another voice to raise awareness and decided to just start writing stories, writing posts about the beer industry, how, you know, how these little breweries were doing their thing. And I was in Pittsburgh, I'm still in Pittsburgh and partnered up with some places and I wasn't looking for money. And I told them that, listen, I just want to give you some coverage and learn about what you're doing and write about it. And they were all for it. And that grew into me creating an app that I wanted to put out for people in Pittsburgh and even people that were visiting Pittsburgh, they could download this free app and it would give them access to events and happenings going on around the city. So big events and beer releases, you name it. And I ended up picking up several partners from bars and breweries, restaurants, the big event coordinators. And the day I launched the app, a guy got my first troll on Twitter and I had never experienced that before. And this person was just tearing me down for everything that I was doing wrong. And I, I hadn't thought about this and I was doing this wrong. And then it was just like, wow. And I probably overindulged way too much in the conversation because I was just so I just like, well, what are you, why are you doing this? What is happening here? But anyway, in the midst of the conversation, I looked at his profile and he happened to be the host of a beer podcast. And it just so happened that my best friend and I had been kicking around ideas for starting a podcast. We just couldn't land on what we wanted to do. And when I saw that that's what he did, I immediately called my friend and said, guess what? I've got our idea for a beer, for a podcast. We're going to do a beer podcast. We're going to do it better than this guy. And my God, were we naive. <laughs> My friend was all for it. He loved beer too. So he was in, let's do this. We, we did no planning. We picked up some mics. We, I, I, one of the bars that I had partnered with, I said, Hey, can we record our first podcast at your bar? Yeah, sure. Come on in. Unbeknownst to me, it was trivia night. So it was crazy packed in there and it was noisier than hell, <laughs> but we turned the mics on anyway. And right before we started recording, we decided, well, let's talk about beer, but we'll also talk about sports. So now we're off in two different directions. So we did not tightly define our audience. It was a train wreck. So we got that first episode done, did no editing and put it out on the internet. So for me to think that I was going to do a better podcast than this guy who had been doing it for years, my God, was I out of my depth. But I tell that story with fondness because it rekindled the flame. Because when I did the radio stuff, I loved it. And this was the next incarnation of radio. And I knew I wanted to continue to work at it and get better. And that's what I did. So my friend and I, we ran that podcast as far as we could, had some unbelievable experiences, got to meet some great people. And then I started a second show on my own and about 20 some episodes in, I discovered, you know, or I just said to myself, this is good. The practice is better, getting me better, but I really want to take some time to just analyze this and study. So I decided to put that show on the shelf and just listen to other podcasts, but also listen to radio personalities and watch people on television, how they relay the news and communicate through the camera. I just wanted to get better at that element of storytelling. So that ended up being about a year and a half of just analyzing what other people were doing. And then when I jumped back into the podcasting game, I had a much clearer vision of how to conduct myself, how to have a better conversation, how to ask really good questions. And I've been off to the races ever since. And the craft beer days are behind me, but that was really where it all got started. That's an excellent, excellent story. Uh, you, you tell it with uh, <laughs> with such passion and enthusiasm, given given it started with, uh, I started out of spite and then, you know, 
landed mm-hmm. full circle. So thank you for that. You um, so wanted to circle back. We talked before we hit record that you were also, besides working with clients on podcast guesting, podcast hosting, also putting together a course that would cover some of this material. Being able to communicate it on air um, via you know, kind of speaking directly is one way. How have you been able to kind of translate the lessons that we've talked about today into a course that people can uh, take on demand or uh, you know, when, when they're ready? How, how has that process gone and uh, what, what is happening with that? It's coming together very nicely. And my goal is to create something that was as my the theme of what I do goes. It, it was to simplify things. And the course that I'm putting together now, it's more of a mini course. It's going to be probably around an hour-ish in time that you can get through the videos and the simple exercises that'll be in place. But the idea for it was the fact that as a podcaster, and Mike, I know you, you told me, much like all podcasters that I talk to, we are inundated with pitches and presentations on a daily basis for people that want to be a part of our show. And it's, I don't have exact numbers here, but typically it's like one out of 10 is actually a good pitch. It's a good presentation. They're actually doing things that stand out and make me say, okay, this is a person that I can talk to because I know they are looking to bring value to the, to my podcast. They've listened to the show. They know their expertise aligns with what I'm creating. It tells me this is a person that I can bring on the show because podcasters typically will do one show a week. I do two, some do more, but typically we only have a handful of these guest spots to hand out. So they're pretty coveted. So you want to be somebody that really stands out and it starts with that presentation. It's all about how you present yourself and pitch yourself, whatever term I prefer the term present over pitch, but I know the commonly used expression is that you pitch yourself to be on a podcast. I wanted to give everybody a clear understanding of how to do that well, because that's where it all begins. There's a system and a strategy from the very first correspondence all the way to where that episode goes live. But if you can't get past that first step in that first correspondence, nothing's going to happen. You don't want your podcast presentation or your pitch to fall into this pool of common pitches that most podcasters will just overlook. If you're rattling off just a list of accomplishments or you have this entitlement of saying, I'm the perfect guest for your podcast. You never know that because podcasters know their audience and their content better than you ever will. Despite any research that you might do, you can learn a lot, but you still can't assume that you're the perfect fit. And even with the most the best possible pitch in the world, that podcaster may see it differently. So you never want to assume. You just want to bring your value to the surface. Let that podcaster know that you love what they're creating. You really got value from that podcast. You don't have to go as far because some people say, oh yeah, I really loved what you said in and then you can just tell it's copy and paste the title of a certain episode with a certain guest. Like, no, you don't have to go to that extent. But In your research process, you should be listening to make sure that you are a good fit for that show and what they want to bring to the table. And you just have to express that in a way that makes it more about them and not about you. And that's what the course is all about, is helping you understand how to do that effectively so you can double or triple the amount of yeses you get, which will open up more opportunities for you to have 
those guest appearances that will help you build your brand, establish thought leadership, and open things up in a very dynamic, powerful way. And again, starts with a pitch and you build from there. So that course, as we sit and talk, Mike, it's not fully complete, but it's going to be ready in April of 2023 for the world to consume. All right. Well, we are not far away, so I'll make sure that we uh, post links to to your stuff so they can connect with you when it's ready in April. Um, I, I want to change gears. We're somehow already coming up on 30 minutes, and this will probably be one of the most unfair questions that I ask on the pod, so I hope you're ready. Um, but I know a good number of folks from Pittsburgh, and I have to say everybody from the area absolutely loves it, and it is it is the most proud place that I, I know great people. I've been many times. I love the city. Why do you love Pittsburgh? I, you know, that's a great question. You know, wow. And no one's really ever asked me that question. I I'm not from here originally. I grew up in a little town called Bradford, Pennsylvania. It's about three hours North of Pittsburgh and it's the home of the Zippo lighter. It's probably, that's pretty much our big claim to fame in Bradford. And for whatever reason, I always in my head knew I was going to move down here. I was going to move to Pittsburgh someday. And a lot of it, stemmed from my godfather lived and he still does he lives in pittsburgh and he was my dad's best friend growing up and he gravitated down here for college and stayed and we would often take trips when i was a kid and that was when i fell in love with the city and when i was ready to make that move out of my little town i got accepted at duquesne university for my master's degree and that's really what sparked it but I always knew it was always this feeling inside that Pittsburgh was where I was going to end up. Now, whether I stay here for the rest of my life, that's another story. I don't know. I can't predict the future, but there's so much happening here. And I've seen so much in regards to development here in Pittsburgh with the technology scene. Obviously, that craft beer scene that I had mentioned before has grown by leaps and bounds. There's always something new to be doing if you're a big fan of beer. And ironically, I don't even really drink much anymore at this point in my life. I'm 43 now. I started all that other stuff when I was 33. It was a totally different Jason back then. But there, but again, in regards to sports and theater and comedy, you name it, there's always something to do. And I always say about Pittsburgh, it's a big city when you come from a little town like me or like I did of Bradford, but it's not something big and enormous for somebody that has lived in New York or Chicago or Los Angeles. So if you're coming from a small town, this is a nice step up. And it's just big enough to make you feel like you're from the big city. That's a solid answer because I fumbled my question. I was going to ask you, why do people love Pittsburgh so much? But I asked you, why do you love it? And you gave an excellent, excellent answer. So thank you for that. Uh, we are coming up, as I said, on the, on the full time. We've covered a good amount of material. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I probably should have tonight, Jason? Well, I would say one of if, if there was a question I would put on your format to ask me, it would be what is the biggest thing that anybody looking to attack the podcasting arena needs to focus on? And the answer to that is commitment. Whether you're starting your own show or you're looking to build a presence as a podcast guest, you have to commit to what you're doing. If you aren't willing to commit to getting the most from your efforts, it's very hard to get anything to take off. So many podcasters will start a show and only get a few episodes in 
and they'll throw in the towel, whether they're looking at their download metrics, which are irrelevant, or they feel like it's just too much work for the return they're getting. They're not truly committed if they're just saying, oh, I'll give it a few episodes and see what happens. No, like you have to commit for a minimum of a year. I'd rather see anybody put two, two years forth and say, okay, I'm going to do over 100 episodes and really make my show take off. As a guest, you can't just do one interview and expect the world to show up at your doorstep. You have to be committed to making these guest appearances, connecting with new podcasters, building relationships, and growing your presence. And when you do that, you learn to tell your story in a more confident fashion, and you build more confidence in your overall delivery and approach. So taking time to commit to whatever you're doing, whether it's both sides of it or one or the other, you're going to be in a much better place if you're committed to doing things consistently and it's going to just make you better at what you're doing and it's going to take you to a whole new level. Thank you for adding that in. That's 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 a wonderful, wonderful insight to add because a lot of times you'll see the, well, I've been at this for X amount of time and it's it's either it's not long enough or you're getting closer to where you want to be, both again in the podcasting world or or what you are trying to accomplish personally and professionally. So it's it's you being consistent and being committed to to seeing it through. And sometimes it's it's just going past a little further than, than where you are or a lot further in the case of a handful of episodes or just one or two. So I think that's that's a great addition. Thank you for for including that. Mm-hmm. If our listeners want to uh, find out more, connect with you directly, or as we talked about the uh, course, where can they do that? Best place to go is just join me at jasoncircone.com. And when you land there, you're going to be connected to a number of different resources that I have available. When the course is live, of course, I'll be posting and talking about it there. And anybody that's really looking to get something from the podcast space, whether as a host, a guest, or a combination of both, set up a 30-minute discovery call with me so we can have a conversation. I'd love to hear your ideas, where you're at in regards to building a podcast or jumping into the pool as a guest. And I'd love to bring some clarity to your world. And if it makes sense for us to partner up so I can give you some additional clarity and if you're pointing down the right path, I'd be more than happy to do that. But all starts with that first conversation. So join me out at jasonstracone.com, set it up, and we'll make it happen. 